Hello, hello. What's up? What's good? Get closer to Chede. Quadinis. Ayup. Privyet. Ni hao. Welcome to the Anagin Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Anagin Runway celebrates exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting and artistic and creative people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a fabulous show for today with an amazing guest. Literary agent and novelist Hope Bollinger joins the show. Hope is a literary agent and a graduate of Taylor University's professional writing program and is a content editor at Salem Media. More than an incredible 1,000 of her works have been featured in various publications ranging from Writer's Digest to Keys for Kids to Crosswalk.com. She's an incredibly active writer who usually contributes 250 to 300 articles a year. She has worked for various publishing companies, magazines, newspapers, and literary agencies and has edited the works of authors such as Jerry B. Jenkins and Michelle Medlock Adams. She has had four of her books traditionally published in the last three years, and she has nine more books scheduled to be published between now and 2023. She started writing books at a young age and became a literary agent before she graduated college and currently has secured over 60 book deals for various clients. The, the volume of her writing had me awestruck, and I knew I had to tap into her creative brain on today's episode. Hope chats about her introduction into writing, how she stimulates creativity, and what it's like co-authoring a book. Extremely fun conversation with Hope. She has a wonderfully cheerful personality and was such a joy to have on the show. Thrilled for you guys to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on author and literary agent, Hope Bollinger, and let's learn. I first read that you started writing as a way to have something other than Doctor Who to talk about. What were the earliest inspirations for you in the writing world? Yeah, so technically I've always been writing since, I mean, you could argue since like first grade, uh, but I never really considered doing anything with it. For the longest time, I thought I was supposed to be a teacher, and then I realized you actually have to be able to teach, and I could not, so that was out of the um, running for potential job opportunities. So my friend Julie, they were a writer back in high school, and I don't know, I was just kind of inspired by the fact that they were able to sit down and write 300 pages at a time. I think the longest thing I'd written at that point was maybe a stage play or something. So I told my friend that they were crazy. And then the next day I decided to try it myself. And I guess the rest is history. So I would just write nonstop, write during class when I was supposed to be paying attention, which I would explain my math grades for that year. And um, yeah, just couldn't stop. The book had bit me, I guess. Your most recent published book is Dear Hero. So what is the premise for that book? Yeah, I got it right here. Ah, so I love it. I love it. This was actually a first co-authored book. Love my co-author, Alyssa. And the premise of the book is essentially a hero and a villain meet on a nemesis pairing app. And so they fight, but they don't expect to fall in love. So it's told all through text messages, kind of like Tinder, but for the Avengers. A nemesis and pairing app. That's intriguing. I like that. Yeah, it was fun. We actually ended up writing it in the span of nine days. Got no sleep whatsoever that week. Um, and yeah, we had a ton of fun doing it. What's the process of co-writing a book? You've got your own idea, but you also want to make sure that you're a, a friendly co-writer in the sense that you don't want to be too possessive over your own ideas. You want to be welcoming. How do you balance that? Because I'm sure that was a tremendous challenge for you. No, this is a super good question because the thing is you really do have to find someone you click with really well. I'm actually a super independent person, so I don't play well with others when it comes yeah. to projects or anything. I was always that person who would take charge of your project and basically do like 90% of the work. Um, but Alyssa was different. We met at the same college major. It was basically a publishing major at a super tiny school in the middle of Indiana. And we just seemed to have a very similar work ethic, writing styles. Our writing styles, although we have different voices, kind of seem to really mix well together. 
I think for one of our class assignments, we had to write a short story or something and we seemed to really click. And so we just decided to give it a go and it worked out. But yeah, you definitely have to, there's a lot of teamwork involved. There's a lot of scheduling involved because she, she works like a billion jobs. And I, at that point, I think I had two. So um, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but it can be a lot of fun. And if you find the right person, it is an absolute delight. What did you learn about the creative process from having a co-writer? I mean, I definitely think you're able to kind of spot your weaknesses better when you work with someone. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for instance, I, I'm horrible at proofreading and copy editing. I usually just like to get everything down, but I will miss <laughs> grammar errors. And Alyssa is incredible at that. She's really good at spotting minute details. So when you work with someone, it's kind of, it's kind of like a marriage. I'm not actually married, so I'm sure I can't really talk to this, but it's, it's kind of like a marriage in the fact that you both have strengths and weaknesses that you bring to the table and you're kind of able to work together to kind of form a really cool product together. Well, if she's strong at grammar and copy editing. I think you better keep her around because that's a, that's a skill that's <laughs> tough, to, tough to find. As a literary agent, you declare that you've made all the mistakes so that other writers don't have to. That makes me wonder, what are the most common mistakes that you see from prospective writers? Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot. But I think the biggest thing I can kind of sum up is probably two different areas. The mm -hmm. first is taking shortcuts. So I think that's kind of one of the biggest things, either just not doing the proper editing, trying to, you know, message an agent on social media instead of doing it through the proper channels. Um, that's probably one of the biggest mistakes you can make because it comes off as very unprofessional if you don't take the proper steps in honing your craft and getting that book ready for publication. And then I think the other thing is kind of a sense of an inflated ego. I definitely run into this with a lot of authors. Usually, um, I don't know, not, not all authors. There are a lot of really great authors out there, but just kind of authors who think they are kind of God's gift to publishing. And I definitely felt this way back in high school. I had to like work my way through this to no longer be like this, but just thinking like, oh, I'm amazing. I'm gonna change the publishing industry and not realizing there are just so many different authors. And that if you have a really bad attitude, an agent's going to say, okay, well, I have hundreds of other submissions over here I can take a look at. So you just seem like you might be really difficult to work with. So I would say those are kind of the two biggest things is just not putting in the proper research and then coming to it with sort of a bad attitude. But I mean, every writer has strengths and weaknesses. So you just kind of have to learn what those are for yourself and then find ways to kind of overcome those. I got to say, I'm jealous of the writers who do think they're God's gift to writing and having the, <laughs> the megalomania. Because for me, I only have maybe one of those days per month. And then the rest of the 29, 30 days are, this is horrible. Why am I doing this? This is the dumbest oh, idea ever. So mine's more bipolar. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Imposter syndrome is the worst thing ever. It's, yeah. Cheer on your writers, everyone, please. <laughs> we, we need all the help we can get. You're an incredibly active writer. That's one thing that I love most about you. You have many future projects coming up. So for you, how does juggling multiple projects help and assist with your creativity? I mean, it definitely helps defeat writer's block because I deal with severe depression. So writer's block is definitely a huge thing. So I think when you're just kind of not feeling it with one project, you may be feeling it for another project. So kind of having multiple things that you're juggling at once helps to kind of help you to press forward, especially when you are not feeling like writing. Also having multiple deadlines is very encouraging to um, get all the projects done. So it, it's helpful to have a lot. It's definitely crazy. Um, so you definitely do have to know your limits. I am I'm learning how to say no. I'm terrible at saying no to things, especially when there's an opportunity. But um, it definitely can be helpful when trying to push through writer's block. 
Would you also say that the projects make you better as you're working on one? Subconsciously, you're probably getting better at number two just because it's the act of writing. You know, writers write and the more you do it at one, or even if it's a different topic or different project, you're still probably bettering yourself for the other project. Oh, yeah. And there's always an incubation period for projects, too. The thing is, like, I mean, I'm known for writing books really quickly. So I I write books anywhere from, like, nine to, like, 30 days, kind of depending on the project. But the thing is, those ideas are incubating over the span of years. You're just constantly thinking, daydreaming, planning. Um, So, yeah, I would say so. I would also say writing across genres, doing different genres can actually really help strengthen your craft in one genre. So if you're writing different, multiple different books, but they're all kind of spanning different genres that could really strengthen you as a writer because you're kind of bringing different things to the table. Cause you kind of have to exercise different tools for different genres. Everything has different conventions and tropes that you have to follow. So kind of mixing and mashing and bringing all those to the table. Those are the positive aspects of, of dealing with more than one project, always having something to work on it not necessarily prevents writers in creative block, but it delays it or reduces it, lessens it. But when those times do occur, how do you then move forward when you're having or you're suffering from a mental or creative block? No, that's a good question. I mean, usually deadlines are very helpful. Mm -hmm. I usually try to set a certain goal every single day to meet. So usually, especially like when I have a first draft of a project and I want to get it done within the span of a month, I usually have a word count goal I want to meet each day. And so one day, if I, one day I'm hitting my stride, I'm writing a little bit extra. I go ahead and write that extra bit because I know there's going to be some days where I may get like 500 words down because I'm just not feeling that that day. It is, you're pushing through, it's a marathon. Um, and so I usually try to compensate by the days I am feeling really great, writing a little bit extra to help with those days where I'm not really feeling that much. Yeah. I relate to that. What does your writing room ambiance look like? Is there music going on? What's the, what's the mode when, you, when you're getting yourself locked in? You know, I can never really be a coffee shop writer. I can't do noise. I mean, I always admire authors who can, who have an awesome soundtrack going, but I'm just going to get lost in the music. I love to listen to Broadway songs especially, so I'm especially going to get lost in the music. Um, but yeah, I have to have pretty much near silence, although the exception was I've graduated college two years ago and a good chunk of the books that are coming out in the next couple years actually were written then and we lived in a very cloistered dorm so there was very little silence so I can work in an environment that's kind of counterintuitive to that but I usually do best just kind of when I'm alone and able to kind of press on for a few hours. 2020 and first month of 2021 very challenging for many people around the world main professions but especially for creatives so how did you handle all the slings and arrows that came your way over the last year? Yeah no definitely felt the depression very heavily this past year. Although I am a massive introvert and having time alone was good in that respect. I missed family. I missed everyone. So being able to keep in touch with everyone was really helpful. I'm just so grateful for smartphones and technology like that. I can't imagine what would happen if this pandemic happened, you know, 40 years back and we didn't quite have that connectivity that we do. Um, That was helpful. Actually, writing was really helpful to be able to process the different emotions I was feeling at the time and um just kind of trying to do some regular exercise eating pretty well because it was it was kind of easy to kind of slack off on both of those things i definitely noticed it taking a bit of a toll so just kind of taking care of yourself reaching out to those you love and then doing what you love with writing you've mentioned emotion several times in the questions so when you're feeling a certain thing do you attempt to pull yourself out of it if you're having a negative day do you attempt to pull yourself out of it or is that for you a green light of cool Let's go in on a, on a chapter that I've been wanting to talk about that is, is more of the darker, more of the depressed ones. So do, do you fight the emotions or do you say, hey, let's roll with it? 
I mean, I, so I would never wish depression upon anyone. It's, it's like the worst thing ever, but, um, I usually have certain coping mechanisms I can rely on, especially having seen a therapist and highly recommend seeing a therapist, Mm -hmm. amazing resources helped me through a lot of really dark periods of my life. Um, but yeah, I usually have certain coping mechanisms that I can work through that I can kind of not necessarily pull myself out of that dark place, but like recognize, okay, we're in this dark place. These, um, things that you were, you know, feeling, although they are valid, they are not true about you. Um, so I try to go through those. Of course, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes I do try to press on with writing, especially if I have a particularly dark scene, I have to write. Um, but I also try to give myself a lot of grace. There are some days where it's just it's really hard and you just can't really get out a whole lot. And so for those days, I just kind of give myself that grace and know that um, tomorrow will probably be a better day. Giving yourself grace. I love that. Who or what inspires you? So many different. Good. Let's hear it. I love it. Things. <laughs> um, I mean, just any, any author who, you know, has a story that is laid on their heart and they really, really want to get that story onto the world. I think anyone who is an author inspires me because I know that journey is not easy, whether someone's just getting started out or they're, you know, 10 years into the querying trenches or anything. There are just so many different authors I wish I could mention, but I think we would be on here forever if I mentioned every single one. I would definitely say my co-author inspires me. She um, deals with a lot on a general daily basis, anything from a disability to also mental health and everything. And she is just one of the strongest people I know. So I definitely would say she is up there um, in some of the people who inspire me, but I don't know. I just, you know, there's just so many, and I love the writing community because everyone wants to help each other. And it's, it's something that is really unprecedented in so many other communities is that other communities, I feel like there's kind of this notion and not like every community but a lot of them kind of like this notion like there's only so many pieces of pie so i want to get this publication pie and so you can't have it but in the writing community we say you have a story we want to hear it and so we are so excited that you're here for you over the last few years what's been the most memorable book or piece that you have read that i've read oh there's a really good YA book and i'm probably going to forget the title of it right now but it actually really captures the grief process extremely well. I read it this year during the pandemic. Um, Okay, it's called The Astonishing Color of After, and I wish I remember what the author's name was, but it was so good. I had actually recently uh, lost my grandma this past year, and we were really close, and so it was a really good book to be able to kind of process a lot of those feelings um, that we were going through. So that was Super good read. The Astonishing Color of After. I'm so bad at author names, but really well done. I think it came out like this past year too. So it's a pretty recent read. 2021, moving forward, future goals, projects, plans. I know you got a lot of book releases coming up. So what are the goals and plans for the year? Oh yeah. So we have in the next three years, we have nine books that are coming out. So there, there's a lot happening. Um, but in the, in the near future for the next uh, year, we have three different books coming out. We have the sequel to Dear Hero titled Dear Henchman. So that is releasing in April. In August, I have the finale to my suspense trilogy um, titled Vision. And then in October, or no, wait, maybe it's, yeah, it's October this year. Um, Alyssa and I actually co-authored a sweet adult romance. So that is coming out. It's titled Picture Imperfect. So 
lots of different genres in, but um, we're really excited. And so, yeah, those are the next three upcoming projects for this year. Every time I, I chat with authors, I'm always curious about how they got started because it's a daunting process to start. On the list of things to do for writing, the first nine are delay writing, and it's always find ways to not do it. So for someone who is in those first stages of, I, I want to write, but just, gosh, I just don't really know where to get started. Or, and I'm, I, this is a, a dumb idea and I shouldn't do it. What are some of the advice that you have moving forward? Yeah, no, and this is definitely a thing that we were talking about imposter syndrome earlier, and it definitely follows you throughout your entire writing career. But yeah, for that author who is saying, oh, I have this idea. I don't know if it's a good idea. I, I kind of want to get started, but I'm not sure. I would say, please write it. There is a reason that the story is exciting you and making you want to write it. And so um, this was actually advice I had heard from uh, Marie Lu, who is a best-selling author in the YA genre. And she said to write every first draft like no one's going to read it. Um, and obviously you'll apply edits later and everything, but just write it like you're telling the story to yourself and no one else has to read it for now. Um, but please, please get started with writing. There are so many people who don't finish their books and there are so many people who give up on the process partway part through. And I, I always wonder, you know, could that book have changed someone's life? Could someone have gotten a new favorite author if they read that book that you finished? So please finish it. In worst case scenario, you are writing this for yourself. You may discover something about yourself. Oftentimes, I don't know how I feel about something until I write about it. Yeah. Um, and so at worst case scenario, at the very least, you are helping yourself through this writing. Tremendously sage advice. How can people stay up to date with your career and your life and follow along, and especially for the book releases and everything? How can people stay up to date with your life? Sure. So the best place to be able to find me is hopebollinger.com. That is one L. Google always likes to add two. Mm -hmm. And then you can find me on most social media platforms at hopebollinger. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Hope. For more information, check out hopebollinger.com. Be sure to pick up her nearest book, Dear Hero, and her next book, Dear Henchman, will be coming out soon. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.